Hey there, welcome to Season 2, Episode 6 of The Paula and Joe Show. Here's a quick rundown of what you need to know. It's 24 minutes of raw business analysis and change talk. Time-boxed, unedited riffing. And when the countdown timer buzzes, we're done. I'm Joe Newbert, and as always, I'm joined my, my, by my BAFF, business analysis friend forever, Paula, and co-host. How's it, Paula? Please tell us what's up in this episode. Hey, Joe. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Good? Yeah, nice to see you. Perfect. Nice to see you as well. Well, today's episode is all about mental fitness. Okay. We've covered a lot of important topics in the series so far, but how important is this? I mean, when we think about health and wellness, our minds immediately think of exercising, eating and sleeping, but our mind, our mental fitness is equally crucial. So who's joining us today, Paula, to talk about lifting our mental well-being? Well, today we are joined by Paul Burgess. And a little bit about Paul, which I find very interesting. After 35 years in the corporate world and the second redundancy of his career, he decided to make a change in direction and focus on mental health awareness. And he uses his personal experience to help others start the all important mental health conversation. In addition, Paul works at a museum and is a DJ at school discos. He loves music, West Ham and his family, not necessarily in that order, and can be often found on or by the water. So welcome to the show, Paul. Thank you so much, Paula. That's a fantastic welcome. Yeah, thanks for joining us on the pod, Paul. It's, uh, it's great to have you here. Uh, I'm excited for this conversation. I mean, in the intro, I said it was important, but I do think it's perhaps some of this, the conversation we're about to have, should be had more often because it's probably not had often enough. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. And as Paula mentioned in, in the intro about me, uh, it was around about four years ago that I started thinking about this change in direction. Um, and when I talk about my own personal journey with mental health, if I go back almost 30 years, I was diagnosed with depression myself after having a series of panic attacks. Uh, and more recently, I lost my best friend to suicide. And that was one of those pivotal moments in my life where I thought I need to do something to help people. Um, and that's what made me start thinking about this this the next stage of my mental health journey i suppose and i started using my experience in the corporate world to, to start that conversation and, and i've taken it to that next level now by, by going going alone yeah yeah no i mean wow yeah i think that's yeah those are some dark moments right i mean absolutely i can understand why you're rethinking what how you want to spend your 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 purpose your meaning yeah, and, and the, the last two and a half years of the COVID pandemic have had a big part in me thinking about how I want to work as well. Um, and when redundancy loomed at the end of 2020, sort of, you know, partway through the pandemic, um, I started to think, do I really want to go into another corporate job? Do I really want to be just another another name, another number in a large organisation? I've been I've been that for 35 years of my life, and it's given it's given me a it's given me a good life. I've, I've done some fantastic things met some fantastic people, yourself included, Joe, um, and been to some fantastic places as well. But I just w wanted to think about working differently. 
um, and, and this this seemed to be the ideal time to do it. That's amazing, Paul. And I too have suffered with depression and anxiety and things of that nature. And I can totally understand why you definitely need to focus on your mental health. And with that comes my first question for you. So the concept of mental fitness has emerged in the past few years, especially pre-COVID and po post-COVID, right? How is it distinguished from mental health and why is it important we talk about it? It's a really good question, Paul. Um, and, and I think the best way for me to answer that is to, is to start, you know, right at the very beginning, this is something I'd say in all the, the sessions I've run for other, other companies is we all have mental health. Um, and I think there's there's a common misconception that as soon as you start talking about mental health, what people immediately think of is mental ill health. But if we start thinking about the fact that we all have mental health in the same way that we all have physical health, and that our mental health, like our physical health, can either be in a good state or it can be in a not so good state. Um, it could be that we are mentally and emotionally in a really good place or it could be that we might need some help. We might need to see a doctor in the same way that we go and see a doctor if we had, if we had flu, if, if, uh, if we broke, broke our arm, for example, we'd go to hospital. Um, and, and the difference between mental fitness, I suppose, mental fitness is, is when we start thinking about our mental well-being and start, start growing um, that, that, uh, that mental health is, and start to think and feel and perform at our best in all situations. And that takes quite a lot of work to get there because mental health is, is, a, is a continuum, it's a spectrum. Um, and there are good days and bad days. And, and if we look, oh, we've already talked about COVID, but if you look at that again, the last two and a half years, I've seen a dip for a lot of people in their mental well-being, their mental health. Uh, there's, been some, there's been some peaks, there's been some, some troughs as well over the last two and a half years. Um, but mental fitness is, yeah, it's taking it to, to the next level, it's, gr it's growing. Uh, it's, it's becoming more self-aware, I think. I certainly become more self-aware over the last three to four years about my own mental well-being, uh, and it certainly helps me deal with, with everyday life. I love that. I love the correlation you have between being physical, physically fit and mentally fit. And I study martial arts, and one of the biggest things is you have to be mentally prepared to protect yourself and you have to go through that fitness. You have to prepare that mind. And it's not just, and I agree with you. A lot of people might think when they think of mental health, they immediately go to mental illness and not just thinking of, well, how do I keep my, my mind? Well, how do I, how do I keep that fitness going? And so when you think about mental fitness for your own life, as you have done this career pivot and you have, put a real huge focus on it because of experiences you've had of losing your best friend and other things. What does mental fitness look for you? Like, what do you do to keep your mind mentally fit? I, I suppose that there's a whole host of things you can do, Paula. And um, it's thinking about the different, the different chemicals that are in our brain that we need to, to think about stimulating to, to ensure that we're at our best mentally and emotionally. So, so it could be something as simple as, um, celebrating small wins so celebrating small wins for example uh getting through a day completing tasks ticking something off a, off a list that's going to give, give us a little dopamine hit um which is the reward chemical um 
I've got a I've got a dog here at home. She's she's locked out of uh, of this room because she might be might start barking or whatever she's in here. But playing with a dog or another pet or listening to music, um, I love listening to music. As you said in my intro, um, that stimulates oxytocin. That's the, the love hormone. That's that gives you gives your brain uh, and your mental health another little boost. Serotonin is the mood stabilizer. So things like connecting with nature, and this was a great one for me during. The lockdown period of, of the pandemic I, I got out and started walking a lot more than i had done before and i was spending a lot of time in my local area i've lived in the same house for 25 years but i was i was discovering parts of my locality that i hadn't seen before and i loved walking the same walk through the changing seasons i really started to take notice of what was going on in nature um it almost became a meditation for me um, and, and you mentioned also in my intro about me spending time on water. I, I get out my paddleboard as much as I can. And that for me is a real, I, I switch off completely. That's as close as I've come to, to proper meditation. I, I always stereotypically think of meditation as being sat on a yoga mat uh, with your legs crossed. But it, it, it doesn't have to be that at all. It can be whatever works for you, the individual. So that's the serotonin and then endorphin, exercise, laughter. And dark chocolate as well. Chocolate's good for you. It releases the endorphins as well. But a real good belly laugh. When was the last time, and I ask, ask myself this quite often, when was the last time you had a real good belly laugh? Because uh, it's really good for you. Really good for you. Yeah, no, it is. La laughing is good, you know. I, I think it's important to laugh. Hopefully there's enough people around us to laugh. Um, it sort of leads me on to the next thing. I mean, stuff around us, pillars like... Uh, what are the things, the, the sort of the pillars that need to be in place? Or, or what are we talking about when we talk about mental well-being or mental fitness? Um, I, I assume there's some physical, some social. Does financial come into it? What, what, what kind of things are, are, are supporting us? All, all of those things you've just mentioned, Joe, and, and, and there's more as well. There's, there's the spiritual um, as well, and, it, and I'm, not, I'm not necessarily talking about religion, but there's the spiritual. There, there are so many things that make up our mental well-being and our emotional well-being, um, and, and it's about getting the balance right. Um, I mean, there's a lot of talk over over a number of years. I mean, going back a long way now about work-life balance, but it's more than that. It's getting the balance right for all the things you just talked about and all of those things you've just mentioned as well financial security for example is is a big cause of uh mental stress and their, and their potentially mental ill health um if someone's unhappy at work if they, they don't like the person don't like their boss don't like some of their co-workers um they might have had a promotion and all of a sudden be expected to to be doing two jobs rather than just one as something else that can cause stress and potentially lead to to uh, mental ill health um, but it's, it's about get, getting everything right. Um, yeah, financial, uh, the, work, the work side of things, the, the making sure you do enough exercise, making sure you're stimulated mentally as well. Um, having a hobby, having something that you really enjoy and you can escape from everyday life is so important. Uh, and making time to do that, even if it's just half an hour a day sitting down reading a book, listening, uh, listening to some music, trying to be a DJ like I do, you know, it's a, a going to a live gig. We, we talked before we started recording about me seeing the prodigy on, on Friday night. Uh, that's my escape. Yeah. Go, go, going to go something like that for two hours, being, being somewhere completely different. Um, recently back from holiday and I saw two gigs while I was away in Europe. 
and just just something totally different uh, different city different uh atmosphere at the gig but uh, a couple of hours in each city just pure enjoyment pure escapism yeah no it sounds fantastic and you're reminding me of um i read a book back in the 90s by a lady called susan jeffers called um feel the fear and do it feel the fear and do it anyway yeah, yeah. And, and i'm remembering do you remember the whole life grid she there was that three by three grid that, that was in the yes. book. Yes, it's and, ringing bells. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, and, and, and each box within that grid was something, like you said, like a hobby or like a contribution or leisure, friends, family, um, spirituality, whatever these things were. And, and I remember sort of the lesson from the box, uh, from the book was that it's important to have a number of things because if and when you lose one of them, you've still got another eight so you, you, yeah. you, you've you've still got that, you know, you're not going to be upset. Well, you're going to be upset by whatever you've lost, but there's still a lot there in life to keep you afloat, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I, as you're talking, that, that is bringing it back to me. And I think what it said, if, if and I, I might be wrong on the numbers, but I think it, was, it said something if you had if you had six of the nine at any one time, you were doing OK. If you if you dip below six or five of them. Then, then you probably need to think about addressing the balance in your life. Yeah. Um, but all of these things are important. And at certain points in life, um, certain elements of, of, yeah. of you know, certain of those are going to take more precedent over, over other things. We, you might work harder for a period of time and you might be able to have uh, a little bit more leisure time yeah. sort of later in life. Yeah, and and I think, and I don't know if this was an example from the book, but it's one that's coming to me now. It's that sort of teenage boy who drops his friends for this love of his life you know who is going to spend his whole future with and then suddenly when that box goes boom you know he just poured himself yeah which is is that big crash but it's also interesting now that i'm talking about this i think about your intro i mean and of course i i know a bit more than perhaps your intro gave away but you've got the museum you've got sup you've got the music You've got work. I know your big friends, family, you know, going away to Cornwall gigs. Your, your boxes are fairly full. So, you, so you're living this, right? They, they, they are. And, and, and if I'm totally honest, Joe, yeah, yeah life's, life's pretty good at the moment. It, it, it's not perfect. I, I, don't th- I don't think this crazy thing called life will ever be perfect. And, and we still have our moments, you know. We, um, my oldest son recently split up with his girlfriend and he's back home. He was living away from home. So that, that was a that, that's another change for us to go through as a family. So there's four of us back in the house now, plus the dog. Uh, so so there's there's these changes that happen all the way through life. Different things happen, but but it is how you deal with um, whatever happens to you in your life, isn't it? Uh, and and one of the things I talk about is um, focusing on the things you can um, you can control in your life. It really helps with with mental well-being and mental health. If you start worrying, start overthinking things that you can't control, that's a recipe for disaster because it can spiral out of control and lead you down the route to, to mental ill health. Uh, and one of the things we can all control is how we react to a certain situation. We might not be able to control the situation itself, but in every situation, there, there, there are a number of ways to react. Yeah. Uh, and and when, once... Once we all get to that point where we go, okay, this has happened. It's not great, but I can either I can either do this or do this. If we take a, a, a very minor example of losing a mobile phone, yeah, you know, I was at the gig on, on Friday night. 
and, and someone nicked the mobile phone out of my pocket. You know, I, I could have had a complete meltdown and said, oh, you know, how am I going to cope? You know, my life is on that phone, et cetera, et cetera. I've actually surprised myself because I've been quite quite laid back about it. Once I knew the phone was gone, and we watched, we watched it on track my iPhone on, on Sarah, my wife's phone, and we watched it disappear off down, the, down Brixton High Street. Um, and once I knew it had gone, I, I did the remote erase using mm. using her iPhone. So I knew that was done, reported it to the insurance company, reported it to the provider. And I've got a new phone sitting ready to set up once we finish this conversation. Okay. So I've had two or three days without a phone. I could have gone down one route and been really stressed about it. The way I've gone, yeah, okay. So it's a little bit inconvenient for a couple of days, but there, there are worse things in life to worry about. Mm. Well, let's go a little bit deeper on that of how you you identify. I love how you said, focus on the things you can control. And that could be one of the warning signs, right? That we might need to be aware of where we are mentally on where we're putting our energy. But what are some of the other warning signs that we need to be aware of to spot a decline in our well-being that you've experienced or that you would be willing to share? So, um... No, I'm, I'm happy to share, share, Paul. I mean, it's by sharing that I think uh, I, I provide most benefits to, to people that I talk to by sharing my experience, but also what I've noticed other, in other people as well. So, so some, of, some of the first signs that someone might be stressed or, 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 or heading for mental health problems, they're just feeling a little bit run down, a little bit lacking in energy, finding it hard to concentrate. And we all have periods in each day and each week like that. But if that becomes the norm, where, you, where you're finding it hard to, to concentrate, to make decisions, you're feeling restless. Maybe there's a disruption in your sleep pattern and that could be that could be not being able to get to sleep in the first place or it could be waking up in the middle of the night and not being able to get back to sleep and your mind's racing um, or sleeping too much, just a disruption of some sort in, in sleep. Feeling tearful all the time, feeling like you're a sense of being overwhelmed like you're on the edge, teetering on the edge, you know, thinking you're going to break down uh, in tears at some point. But some of the, some of the um, less common signs of people that just, just retreat and just start avoiding other people. This was something that happened to me when I was having my panic attacks. Um, I didn't know what a panic attack was if I go back 30 years because no one was really talking about mental health or, or panic attacks then especially not as a man uh, and that's another thing being a, being a man we are we are statistically less likely to share our issues share our problems um so i didn't know what was happening to me i thought i was having a heart attack if i looked at some of the physical symptoms of a panic attack i was having a tightness in my chest there was a pain down my left arm pins and needles uh i couldn't get my breathing under control i thought i was having a heart attack so to, in order to prevent that happening, I started I, I said to not go out. I just didn't go out because I thought if I go out, this might happen and I might really embarrass myself by, by it's a ridiculous train of thought, embarrass myself by having a heart attack in front of my friends. But that's where my brain got to. So, so the, way, the way to avoid that was to just not go out and was to just stop doing the things that I enjoy, to stop going out um, to, to the pub and for a meal with friends, to stop going to live music, to find any excuse not to do something. Um, so, so if people are getting in, in, in that sort of situation and just generally being unable to cope with everyday life, uh, and if that goes on for a certain period of time, that's a good sign that there might be, might be a problem. 
and it's time to sort of talk to a professional about it. Which goes right back to what you started off with, the self-awareness, being self-aware yeah, yeah. of where you are, identifying that, being honest with yourself and not yeah. being ashamed of what you're going through. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and I'm, I'm in a position now, so I'm, I'm 30, 30 years older uh, and, and maybe a little bit wiser. Uh, I'm not too sure about that one, but um, I, I, I haven't stopped suffering from those symptoms. I, I still feel sometimes, I still feel anxious. I still feel like there might be a panic attack on the way, but I recognize those feelings and I, I have my ways of coping with that. So I can, I can control my breathing a lot easier. I, I can talk to someone. I, if, if I'm feeling like that, the first thing I do, it, it, depending on who, who I'm with, if it's with my wife, I let her know that I'm feeling like that. So she knows I'm feeling anxious about something. I'm fortunate to have three fantastic mates now, all people I've met through work. Um, and we the, the, the four of us um, are a little self-help support group. We know that if we have uh, anything we're worried about, anything we want to talk about, we can pick up the phone, we can send a message, we can do whatever, um, and just just talk to them about anything. Now, not everyone has that, um, but I thoroughly recommend getting a group of two or three best mates and just having that support environment. Um, and when I talk about men, being worse at sharing, that's some of the problem is they don't necessarily have the same support network as our, as our female family, friends and colleagues might have. Um, generally speaking, um, women are better at sharing how they're feeling with their friends. Uh, it's, a, it's a sweeping generalization, but, it, but yeah. there is a amount of truth in it, especially if you look at the, the, the figures for, for, for mental health and, and for suicide, uh, it's, it's a um, 75% of all suicides in the UK, uh, and I think this is um, worldwide, are men. So yeah. uh, there's def definitely room to keep talking. There's definitely room. I mean, the stats are frightening, aren't they, really? And, um, yeah, and I, I think the other thing that always um, sort of comes out at the same time when you, you do lose a friend through something like suicide is that people are surprised. They didn't know, like, you know, they, they were taking things that far, taking things that hard because as you say they didn't talk about it they just kept silent to the end um so i mean talking about it is one improvement that, that we can make but you know like we go to the gym to improve our bodies how can we strengthen our minds what what exercises could we do maybe to start to make ourselves more perhaps resilient is the word uh i mean some of the stuff i've talked about already joe to be honest some of the some of the, the you know making sure you've got time to do different things during the day, taking time away from, from the screen. If, if you're, if you're working uh, in front of a screen all day, taking time to, to, to spend time stroking the dog or uh, going out for a walk or getting out on the, on a paddleboard or, or whatever your hobby might be. Um, I, I do, um, I do Wordle every day. I mean, that's another, another way for me to, to, to keep thinking. I do crosswords every now and then I, I play, online scrabble with a number of friends and family just all just just keep your mind working but not not just about work um i think it's all too easy for some people and i've seen this happen to some people about okay well i, I need to keep my mind busy so i need to keep working mm. and they and they just spend every hour every minute every hour every day working more because they think that's going to help their mental health it's going to help them keep busy 
Um, there's a difference between being busy and being stressed because you're too busy with a you know with a work situation or whatever. Yeah, no, uh, def- definitely keeping busy. I mean, hobbies are great, aren't they? Something um, yeah. to, to take your mind off things. And when you were talking earlier about the gig, my mind was going back to squash. I don't play squash anymore because sadly I keep popping a calf. But I, f- <laughs> I found it was the one sport. Wait, there's the buzzer. But I found it was the one sport because it happens so fast that everything else has to switch off. It's almost yes, like... absolutely. It's like primal safety or something you know you just have to focus which means that you you just don't have the capacity to think about some of the things that might be troubling you and i'd imagine a gig is similar for you you know you shut down the outside world it's just focused on the song and the stage and the singer and Uh, absolutely and i mean yeah the, the prodigy is absolutely what you've just described that's what friday night was about um so my, my phone went about 10 minutes before the end so i had an hour and five an hour and 10 minutes of pure energy from the band on stage and the light show and the music i mean you, you know the music joe i'm just they're just <laughs> absolutely fantastic uh i mean it's about the fifth or sixth time i've seen them uh and they they never fail to disappoint and you're right it's just you're just switching off and coming out coming out of the gig as well just feeling so good yeah. Uh, ignore the phone thing, but just feeling so good normally with, you know, really, yeah. really buzzing at the end of the night. Yeah, coming off a high. Yeah. Anyway, you heard in there the timer is buzzed, uh, the timer buzzed. So I'm, uh, I'm sorry, uh, 24. No, it's a shame, though. It's a shame because I feel like I could talk a lot more. Yeah, yeah. We, we have the same comment every week. You know, we, we, we could dive on, but I'm not sure that the concentration span of the audience. 30 minutes, 24 exactly. minutes is great. Exactly. Anyway, um, I, I mean, thank you for joining us on the pod, Paul. I, I really appreciated you coming on and, and sharing your experience and sharing your stories with us. Um, it, it's a great reminder to all of us, I think, to, to pay more attention to our to our own mental well-being, but the, try and look for the signs of, uh, of people's mental well-being around the people we care yeah. for too. So, um, no, definitely. I, 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 that's it. it's, it's looking after each other and looking after yourself as well. That's, yeah. that's, the, uh, that's the main thing. It's the main thing. Uh, well, we'll get your social details in, in a moment, but first, I mean, have you got any resources you want to sort of mention um, that, that we can put out in so the show notes? They're, they're, yeah, there's a, there's a few charities. These these are UK based charities. I'm sure there are there are similar charities elsewhere in the world, but uh, a couple that I'll talk about. So, Calm is the campaign against living miser- miserably, um, which is a um, a charity I support, and, and they focus on men's mental health. So that that means a lot to me because of my own personal experience. Um, Shout uh, is a text based support service in the UK. Um, so this is for people who don't necessarily want to talk to an individual, but, but just want to ask a question or, or need some sort of support. You text shout to, to the number and you get one of their, their operatives sort of texting you back and having a text conversation. Um, I know a couple of people who volunteer for that charity. It's very, very, uh, frequently used by younger people, sort of the 18 to 24 age group. Um, and then Young Minds is another one that's fantastic. Uh, I've seen some of the work they do and some of the work they're trying to do with the UK government to get um, young people's, children and young people's mental health services up to where they need to be rather than having to wait two years to, to get a, uh, get to see a, um, uh, a specialist about a mental health problem, which is where we are in the UK at the moment. Um, and the, the other one to mention, I'm sure most people know, but Samaritans, are there they aren't just there for the really bad stuff they're there for any sort of problem you might have 
Um, so those are, those are the four that I would I would like to mention because I know that they do some fantastic work. I've got some personal experience of them as well. Yeah, no, cool. Thank you. No, thanks for mentioning them. We'll we'll pop links to all of that into the show notes as well, so people can get through. And as you say, there's going to be sort of the equivalent organisations in in Europe, Australia, America, wherever people are listening. So yeah, yeah fantastic. Over to you, Paula. Well, Paul, thank you for your insights today. We appreciate it. And for those who are listening, remember, be self-aware, get those hobbies, exercise your mind, figure out what you love to do. And more importantly, which I think is probably one of the keys that we heard today is get that support system, get people that you can talk to, that you can be transparent and honest with. And so, Paul, if people want to stay connected with you, where can they find you? Um, probably the best place for me and where I do a lot of uh, posting is LinkedIn. Um, my, my wife's a, a career coach specializing in LinkedIn, so I spend a lot of time on there as well. Um, but I'm also on the, uh, other social media channels. Um, if you want to see a little bit more about the real me, then Instagram's a good place to be. There'll be a lot of photos of, of me and my family and, and, and what I do with the hobbies. Twitter, I don't use so much, but I'm on there. Uh, but I'd say LinkedIn to start with. Um, but have a look at the, the company website as well and see what we offer. Okay, fantastic. Thank you, Paul. And thank you for tuning in. We appreciate your support. You can subscribe to The Paula and Joe Show on your pod player of choice, be it iTunes, Amazon Music, Spotify, YouTube and more. And if you enjoy the show, then please do help pass the pod by leaving a five-star rating. You can follow at 168FM on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And of course, you can keep the riff going by leaving your comments over on the blog at 168.FM. That's the words 16 and 8, not the numbers. We'd love to hear your take on lifting our mental well-being. Paul, Paula and I will join you there. Until then, take care and keep growing.